Morning, everyone. Um, bear with me today. <laughs> I was struggling last night for like, oh Lord, what's the what's the jigsaw piece like that you want me to say? And I was trying not to get really stressed. So half past nine, I thought, right, just go. To, I got up at half past five, and my little girl Jasmine's take her to school. She's gone off and to see Isla White for a week with her school. So it was a big deal. So and I thought. You know, yeah, my whole day got filled with work and other stuff. So at half past nine, I thought, just go to sleep, he'll get up early and God will give you the thing. And um, as I went up to my bedroom and was kind of, it's okay, he just gave it to me. And I'm so grateful, but it just means perhaps everything will be quite fluid. Anyway, so um, this is about um, what God gave me. was about him being our medicine. And um, I am becoming, I don't know about you, more and more aware of how much I need God, um, of how much better my life is when loving him is my priority. And um, my life's been a bit turbulent recently, my marriage breaking down. Um, but whether we are in good times or whether we're in like our rough times, the truth is we need God and um, his love sees us through. So... Um, a little bit of a side issue, but it's very important. Nita of our church did a great talk on a Sunday morning. I think it was two weeks ago. It's on our website. Seriously, go and have a look at it. But what she was talking about was making Jesus the very centre of our life. So she explained that um, we can put, you know, the Bible says to us to love the Lord our God first. But kind of putting Jesus first can sometimes make us think like it's a to-do list. Jesus at the top, you know, family, work, blah, blah, blah. And that sometimes on a to-do list, you kind of are always trying to get there and that you don't and that sometimes it can make you feel guilty. But what Nita's point was, instead, let's put Jesus right in the centre of everything we are and everything we have. So she had a really good visual aid. I don't know if I can do this, Michelle. I might need your help. Um, Her visual aid was better, but let's just go with this. So... um, This is our stuff, so that might be family, work, church, husband, partner, whatever. And what we're saying is, this is Jesus, he's our strong centre, and then you hang all the bits of our life on him. Okay, so that's just a little bit of a visual aid of how we should live our lives as Jesus. He's the pencil in this case, he's the centre. Thank you. Okay, and in terms of scripture, to back that up, um, if, I look at, if we look at John 14, verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That was Jesus speaking. And in John, a little bit later on, in John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. So we've got loving and trusting Jesus. And we've got obeying what he commands. Obedience can only come when you love and trust someone. Um, the next scripture was also in John 14. John is such a great uh, part of the Bible. Uh, John 14, 21, it says the same thing. It says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. That's how we show our love for God. It's obeying him. It's one of the ways to do it. 
So, yeah, in summary, Nita said, to love God is to trust Jesus and to obey him. She also um, bought the scripture from Mark. So it's Mark 12, verse 30, I think. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's what the Bible tells us to do. That's how we need to love God. So I have um, the relapsing remitting form of MS. And so I'm sure many people here are on long-term medication, like I am, and it can have some really horrible side effects. So... um, I was thinking about it recently because there's, I've been on my medication for 10 years and there's been a few complications. They've asked me to look at some different medications. So I got given all these sheets from the neurologist. Um, you can have this drug and this drug and this does this and these are the side effects. And um, it made me think about Jesus. I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking about something and we were talking about how a side effect of loving God was favour over her family or the fact you can pray for your children. That's not why we love and worship God so that our families can be blessed but it's a side effect of it. How good. It just is really refreshing for me to think about side effects and they weren't talking about being sick or, you know. Um, So, um, yeah, so it made me think that Jesus is the medicine for our soul. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thunder in the background there. Yeah. Um, Let's say it again. Jesus is the medicine for our soul, and his side effects are all good. So um, when we love and trust Jesus, the result can be we grow in obedience. And we, when we obey him, he can then bring change into our lives. It's given him permission and freedom when we um, obey him. So... Um, In terms of visual aids, I was having a look at an example of um, like what medicine can be. So I was looking at one of the options they'd given me, and it was a medicine called Orbagio, don't know how to pronounce it, and it was a disease-modifying drug, and the side effects could be um, increased levels of liver enzymes, nausea, diarrhoea, hair thinning loss, pins and needles, infections, including flu, urinary, nose, throat, decreasing blood cells, mild reactions, anxiety, nerve pain, decrease in red blood cells, increase in blood pressure, rash and pain. Um, And then the result of that medication, if I take it, um, is that I'll hopefully have fewer relapses. Okay. And then I was trying to compare that with uh, Jesus. So I thought, well, if Jesus is the medicine, okay, so this is, let's start with this one, love God. Okay, so this is our love God medicine. So if I take some of that and then I take some of my trust God, okay, so that's my other medicine, um, and my result, what I'm trying to get from taking that medicine is knowing God, hearing his voice, um, and then that can lead us into obedience. And we can hear and feel the Holy Spirit and be led by him. And then I was thinking of what other side effects. So um, side effects of loving God might be... Peace, joy, you know, we get everything. We, there was so many side effects and I couldn't think 
of any that were bad. There is like salvation, there is freedom, there is freedom from, you know, this is the medicine that I want to take. So, the next thing that God has been leading me to is, um, <clears throat> and it's been loads, and I didn't understand why. This is what God gave me last night, half past nine. Been really caught up with a bit in the Bible. Again, it's from John, and it's John 5, um, and it's in my Bible. It's John 5 from verse 1 to 14, and it's headed up the healing at the pool. But before I, um, before I talk about this, I just want to say, just as a little, like, uh, little kind of warning thing, um, so I'm not talking about physical healing today. I'm talking about mental healing and what God does for us when we take him into our lives. So this, this particular bit of the Bible is about a physical healing, and I'm not saying, you know, God does that and Jesus does that, but kind of my slant on it today is not necessarily physical. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'll just read it. So... Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Wow, don't you think that is an amazing bit of scripture? And, um, yeah, there was so much about it that just had me mesmerised, really. And um, it just made me think of the question, do you want the medicine? Like, do you want to be well? And it seems like a bit of a ludicrous question, because you think this man had been there for, was it 38 years? Um, So to some extent, you could think, why was Jesus even asking him that? Of course he must have wanted to be well. But Jesus doesn't ask stupid questions. So, actually, there must be many of us, and there must be many times when we might think we want to be well. Again, I'm talking spiritually well and stuff. But actually, do we? Because we can be comfortable laying by a pole. It can be what we know. 
And we might know that Jesus saves us and that he's got all the answers. He's the medicine for our soul. But actually to trust him, to love him and know who he is and to actually say, I want to be different and I'm willing to feel scared as I step around, as, as I do that. So um, the, the other thing that really um, touched me on this passage was that the man didn't answer Jesus' question. Jesus' question said, do you want to get well? Well, in my book, that's a yes or no kind of answer. He doesn't answer. Like, the Lord is asking him a question. He replies, I have no one to help me into the pool. So, I mean, the man's in a terrible situation. I'm not coming with any comments on that. But he didn't talk about what he wanted. Jesus was saying, do you want to be healed? It's a massive question. Like, wouldn't we all want Jesus to ask us that question? And um, all the man can think of is the reasons and the defences as to why he's never been well in the past, or what it is that's stopping him from being well. But the thing that touched me on it is, it's not actually our problem. Jesus asks us, do you want to be well? He's not asking us to figure out how he'll make us well. It's not for me to say, you know, like, I've got this and this and this, Lord, I can't see the way out of it. No, no, because he's not asking me to fix it. He's asking me, do I want to be well? And if the answer is yes, let's say yes. Lord, I want to be well. I can't see how you can do it. I can only see mess and muck and single parenting and, you know, poor this, poor that. But you know the why. You know the answer. So who am I? So I think the answer needs to be, yes, Lord, I want to be well. And, um... So, Jesus' prescription for the answer of how this man needed to resolve and get well. It was four things, I think, really. So the first one was get up. I don't know how you say it. Get up or get up or whatever it was. But it has an exclamation mark in it in the Bible. So that's a get up. It's a command. Get up. So it made me think, try. All right, just Take your medicine. Love God. Trust God. Try. Like, there's an action involved in our walk with Jesus. It's not passive. It's like, come to me. But God will give us every chance to stay by the pool. Try. Get up. Take your medicine. Love God and trust God. And the other thing I'm talking about trusting God Again, me thinking of my, you know, my kids are quite small. Jasmine's only 10. Like, you don't trust someone, and Michelle was talking about this with hearing his voice. You don't trust someone that you don't know. We say to our children, don't ever get into a car with strangers. Don't you talk. How can we expect to trust Jesus if we don't know him? They spend time knowing him, and that can be in any way. Even if the Bible is hard for you to understand, find a way of learning who Jesus is. He's our, he's our example. He's godly example who walked this world like, like we are. So get up, number one. Number two, Jesus said to him, pick up your mat. I don't know what you think, but it made me think, whatever you've got, use it. Like, you might be better equipped than you think. That mat, Jesus was saying, take it with you. Use what you've got. Whatever gifts God's given you, 
whatever things you might I've heard women say I have got nothing to give like I can't help anyone I can't and that's a lie it's a lie from the enemy to stop us going out and doing good things pick up what you've got we've all got gifts given by God Dion today you know she had words given to her from God and that's amazing and I was like oh how fabulous but that's a an amazing gift and I really think she's blessed in that but we've all got stuff whether it's you look in a room and you see someone who looks lonely that's a gift from God go speak to that person go encourage them so um take what you've got it made me think of when um Jesus fed the 5,000 and stuff what did he have the disciples were saying to him we've got no food Lord like there's thousands of people here there's nowhere to go and get food and he said what have we got we've got this little boys packed lunch you know we got fish and a little bit of bread and then when that was given, when, when that boy gave that food, Jesus blessed it. Jesus did the rest. We just have to give him what we've got. Okay, so we get up, we pick up our mat, we use what we've got. And then the third thing is, um, Jesus said, and walk. I think he's just saying, be healed. Like, the healing will come. Walk. This man hadn't walked for 38 years. Walk. So, um, yeah, do it. And then um, when Jesus met him later on, the thing that Jesus said to him, so this is our number four, is, see, you are well again, stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. So, like, once we know that God's talking to us about something we need to stop doing, or, you know, start doing whatever it is, when there's sin in our lives, it's very easy, because God's given us a gift of repentance, so we just have to go to him. And when we love God, and when we trust God, and we get obedience, repentance becomes easy. Because you know he's going to forgive you. And you know if you go to him with heartfelt repentance, it will go, it will be gone. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. So stop sinning. So number four is stop sinning and repent. And it's easy. It's a lovely cycle of... Nisa always gives the thing about having a bit of... Um, spinach or something caught in your tooth and it's just God's way of going just clean that out like you don't want to walk around with it but just gently and and there's no um, condemnation when God comes to us with stuff it might feel like it but I think that's us if it's God's word to stop doing something then there's um, there's no condemnation in it so visual aids just to recap our visual aids are that Jesus is the centre And to live life well, we need to hang our stuff on him as the centre of our lives. And that um, in the world, there are many medicines that have side effects to making us well. And and they can be not very nice sometimes. But in the kingdom, if we love God, if we trust him, he will lead us into obedience. And the four things, perhaps, that we can learn from this. A particular part of the Bible. Number one, take your medicine and try it. Get up and. Number two, take everything with you that God has given you and appreciate what it is. Know His gifts for you. Number three, walk and be healed. Believe it. Believe that He wants to heal you from whatever it is. And number four, stop sinning and can, and repent if it ever comes back into your life and find yourself doing it again. So that's the word that um, God wanted me to bring today. So I'm just going to finish in prayer. So Lord, 
thank you that your word teaching us teaches us about your goodness. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this room, that, that all of us, will get a deep, deep understanding of what your love is and um, what it means to trust you, and that you are trustworthy and faithful, Lord. We read that in our Bibles. You are trustworthy and faithful. You're the only one, the only one who is perfect and that we can trust forever. Everyone else in our humanness, we can let each other down. So, Lord, I thank you that we can trust you. And I pray that um, as we do those things, our faith will increase. And then um, that your love will lead us into obedience and repentance. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you are the best possible medicine that any of us could ever ask for. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.